The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, everybody. What is up? And welcome back to Unhinged with Chris Clemens. This is going to be a very exciting episode because we have my very first guest who is not my family in... So remote. It's not in person, but I didn't want to do guest episodes over Zoom. We've been through enough with COVID and the pandemic. We don't need to keep that with us. So um, I am super excited to announce that Morgan from Too Hot Takes is in the house. Hello. Hello. Well, you're not in the house, but like, you know, you're in the house. Close. I feel I feel like we're together. I know, I really do. I've got like a whole TV set up. It's like, I'm serving (laughs) technological today. Okay. Now, before we get into the episode, I want to remind you guys to subscribe to Unhinged with Chris Clemens wherever you get your podcasts, as well as Two Hot Takes. But I know that all of you girls listen already, because how could you not, first of all? (laughs) (laughs) Also, we put up video episodes on youtube.com slash at sign unhinged. So be sure to see our gorgeous faces in HD right now. And then also leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And then we are going to be doing an after show after this on patreon.com slash Chris Clemens. And I swear to God, that is the last of the plugging I will be doing until (laughs) the end of the episode. Now, Morgan, how you doing? I ask you as your mid sip of a water. (laughs) Honestly, I adapt, adapt or die. So we're good. We're doing great over here. I got my Taylor Swift shirt on. I feel empowered. I was just about to say, see, I wish that was the Eras Tour merch because that looks so much better. Okay, Swifties, I don't care. Come kill me. Do it. I dare you. <laughs> I would thank you, truly. But that that looks sick. Where did you get that? Like Etsy? Etsy. I love Etsy. Have you, you're in the middle of home reno. Have you been turning to Etsy for your stuff? Etsy and Facebook Marketplace are my besties, like my absolute besties. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was like shocked. I always thought Etsy was like for like, I I don't know, I guess what I thought Etsy was for. And then I was renovating my house and I got like a fucking marble, custom marble sink from Turkey. Uh I got like, like, oh, you can get anything and they will make it to the size that you will. It's, It's incredible. Like why? Have I been buying furniture and shit from like Lowe's? Well, I mean, I'm yeah. I wanted a sink from Turkey, but I didn't know if they were real. <gasps> I'll send you the link for mine and a picture of it. Oh my I mean, God. truly, it is. I, I don't even like understand like how that came. Like, I just I think it's like difficult and a pain in the ass to ship like a t-shirt in the mail from like Depop. Yeah. And I got a full ass marble sink. Oh my God. That's amazing. No, highly recommend. Highly recommend. I love that. Now, I am super excited that Morgan is here for today's episode because this is an episode I've wanted to do for a while. I've been really kind of on my podcast shit, ready to have the biggest podcast (laughs) in the world. Um, But I found this Instagram account called um, Dark Theme Reddit. And I... Like, wrote this immediately down because I was like, this is something I am so into for the podcast. Because I don't really know how to work Reddit. I, like, really, my only experience with Reddit is because of you, Morgan. (laughs) Reddit is a scary place. Uh, Well, no, I have that and then also the people who bully me. (laughs) High school fucking bullies! Um, so I'm really excited. I, when we were planning this episode, I was like, holy shit, this will be perfect. This is like the perfect thing to do. Because if you guys don't know a Morgan's podcast, Two Hot Takes, why don't you explain it? We read crazy Reddit stories, a lot of relationship drama, am I the asshole type stuff. It's, it's chaos every day. And you find like the best ones. Like it really is almost a skill you have. Yeah, you're you're very welcome. <laughs> it's you. it's an Thank honor. You. Um I'm bestowing. <laughs> I honestly I think I make myself sick over picking the right stories. Like I try to make sure they're good and worth it. And I've literally thrown up over anxiety to pick the right stories for a guest. No, the first time we recorded an episode together, I was like, so what did I get myself into? Huh? <laughs> What did I get myself into? Oopsies. It was honestly, like, I've been doing this shit for over 11 years. And that, like, filming with you really 
are probably some of my favorite collabs I've ever done. I could say the same. Like your podcast is just genius. And then I promise I'll stop like jerking you (laughs) off. But I just like live for you. Like I really just live for you. The feeling is very mutual. Like I said before we started, I was like, you are one of the most genuine, nice people I've met during this whole podcast journey. So I feel the same. I really do. Like I just, I don't know. I always feel inferior when people like say that to me because I'm like, they're lying. They have to be. They're going to find out that I'm a piece of shit, like rotting in the corner in my basement. Like, no, I just am so convinced that it's like, oh, they okay. this is their make a wish moment. Got it. That was genuinely mine. When we first did our first episodes together, that was my make a wish. Like I literally I've messaged you on Instagram or like TikTok so many times. Wait, really? Yeah, because then I felt like an idiot and I would unsend them. And then I'd send another one. Oh my God. No, I literally (laughs) am like the worst person when it comes to DMs and stuff. There's times where it's like, I'm so on it. You're just so popular. No, no, no. (laughs) First of all, Instagram, my DMs change. Like the format that my DMs are like presented in changes every day. Like it got to a point where it's like any DM I was getting, that's all I could see. Like I couldn't see ones for my friends. Like, and then there's times where it's like, I feel really like sensitive and I'm like, okay, Chris, you cannot look at your DMs or you will like be a Dateline episode. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just, I really love you and I'm so happy to have you here for this episode. I'm scared. Ah, these stories. Now, before we get into the dark themed Reddit, um, I looked at the unhinged with Chris Clemens at gmail.com email address. And okay, you guys really do need advice. There is a really juicy one in here. Also, for future reference, if you guys need any advice or need a dumb debate settled in your life, email unhinged with Chris Clemens at gmail.com. The link is down below, or the email is down below. I don't know. Everything's fucking down below. Um, and this first one, the. <laughs> Opening this Gmail account is so funny because it's just a ton of unread emails with like the most insane subject lines. It's like, in serious need of advice, all caps. Another one is like, help, I need it so bad. And it's just like, whoa. Um, But this first email was subjected in serious need of advice in all caps. And oh. Morgan, I have to tell you the stuff that I couldn't include in this email after because it's like, oh, anyways. <laughs> it starts off saying, I'm about to spill the beans on my relationship to you as therapy. My boyfriend and I started seeing each other in January 2023. He got out of a serious two-year relationship at the end of 2022. He found out she was cheating on him constantly and she started sleeping with his best friend at the time. Oh! The night they broke up. We officially started dating in June. We have had our ups and downs in our relationship and had a pretty messy breakup and get back together thing in November. Well, now I had a weird gut feeling about something and did something wrong on my end. I went through his phone while he was asleep. Okay, immediately if you have to go through someone's phone, it's usually time to... Something's off. Put the curtains down, yeah. Yeah. I found him searching pretty obsessively, in my opinion, his ex-girlfriend. For context, she is kind of in the public eye, but like not enough to be known by 99% of people. I love that drug. (laughs) I found him searching random forums about her, stalking her on Instagram, Facebook, etc. He even looked her up on fucking Pinterest. We have openly talked about her and how I'm insecure because she is pretty and has money and could give him a life I could never. He searches her daily, not just her, but her entire family, her new boyfriend and his entire family daily. I even found in his recently deleted photos that he screen recorded a video from her Instagram and a screenshot of her Instagram story. What the fuck is going on? I really love him. Like could not imagine a life without him in it. Want to spend the rest of my life with him, but this has me all fucked up. I really need advice. Yeah, it sounds like he's... A stalker. Well, that. I was like, honestly, besides the fact that he's like obsessively, yeah, he's he's like stalking her. He's like showing crazy behavior. Yeah. You better start imagining a life without him because (laughs) 
<laughs> he is not your person. Your person is not looking up their ex and stalking them online. And I would not be surprised if he drives by her house, if he shows up near where she works. He is doing more than this. This is like the gateway drug. Like, this is not where it ends. (laughs) This is coming from a Reddit professional. (laughs) You are like, I have seen this story before. Well, I have a best friend who got stalked, like, aggressively from her boyfriend's ex. Wait, really? Oh, yeah. It got so bad that she would show up at the same workout classes. Like, it was some crazy shit. And so this is going down that line of like, okay, we've all looked at an ex's profile maybe once or twice after breaking up. But to look at her daily, daily. Well, her to look at her Pinterest? That. Like, that? Is like when you, when this person said Pinterest, I almost like shit the bed because I don't even like, I forget Pinterest even exists. Yeah. That's my safe, my safe place. It's my, like, I just totally forget it's their place. Um, but I just, I understand that you might think he's the love of your life, but you aren't his and there's no, you don't want to have to convince someone of why they should be with you and not someone else. Yeah. I feel like he is going to just absolutely self-destruct his own life. And you should get the fuck out while you can, honestly. Yeah. And I hate the way that she was kind of selling herself short, too. Like, she's pretty and has money. And, like, that's something I could never provide for him. It's like, girl, no. Like, you could win the lottery tomorrow. Also, the notebook. Allie doesn't pick the rich hot guy. She picks Noah. Like, that's not what life and love is about. Come on. Like, don't sell yourself short. Well, Thank you for ruining the notebook for me. You've never seen it. <laughs> just kidding. Oh. I haven't. No, I really, oh, I really haven't. Oh my God. You're going to be mad watching it because you're like, you sh- like, okay, great love story, but damn, the other guy was hot. See, like I have enough reasons to cry. I don't like, and I also like have enough reasons to cry about like not finding love. Like I don't <laughs> need any inspiration, you know, like if I wanted to be just soaking wet, I'd stand in the shower. <laughs> Like, I just, I don't need that in my life. Can I be your matchmaker? <gasps> I'll take any, any and all help. Okay. Okay. I got this. I just joined Hinge. It's like the one dating app I am not banned from. <laughs> and I am so stoked. I, except it's awful. I paid for Hinge Plus. Oh, bougie. I, it's just so fucking annoying to pay like $100 for six months to swipe left on a hundred Gypsy Rose's husbands. <laughs> it's all bad. Like, it's just all bad. No. And then nobody responds. I'm like, why am I just not happy being self-sufficient alone? <laughs> I'm like, guys, I need the advice. No, you, you it's me. <laughs> Hi, I, I'm ready to too. I'm emailing myself. <laughs> no, it's hard. Dating is so hard. It's It's really challenging. I mean, I was single for three, almost four years before I met my partner on Hinge. So that gives me hope. There is hope. As long as I get a rock like yours, bitch, I'm fine with paying that 100 bucks every <laughs> six months or whatever the fuck. Hey, it's out there. Okay, so our final verdict is that she should leave him. Yeah. And I think, honestly, you doing this, like, life is all about, like, exercise and I'm not talking like bitch get on the treadmill or anything. I just mean like exercising parts of your brain that normally you wouldn't. I think you choosing to get out of this will really show you the importance of making decisions for yourself. And I don't think it's going to be easy. I don't think it's going to be like fun because it seems like you're the one who's in it and are being forced to do this. But I just think you will really learn a lot about putting yourself first especially to a fucking loser who's stalking a Pinterest. You don't want to be with a man who is stalking a Pinterest. No. That's awful. No, and it it is so tough. Like, you're hitting that one-year mark, which is, like, the point that you really know someone and, like, your brain is now trained to almost need that person a little bit. So you're hitting this, like, hard reset timeline. But it's going to be worth it, like, look at your gut. Like you now can trust your gut going forward because it led you down this road of finding all this stuff out. So true. Your like radar and your shit screen is going to be that much more delicate. So you're going to know what to avoid going forward. You're going to expect more from a partner. Like 
it's gonna it's gonna be better in the long run. But right now, it does suck. That's the thing is like if you think about like in a year from now, if you like put yourself first, you will like look back and almost laugh. I I want to almost guarantee you like yeah. There's just no way that you won't. Homeboy is fucking stalking her Pinterest. Screen recording her Instagram stories. I don't even do that with, like, Beyonce. Okay? Like, that's crazy. It's another level of unhinged. That, yeah. Your current man wins the unhinged douche of the year. Yeah. Um, All right. We have one more email that was subject titled, Help, with, like, 45 Ps. Ooh. So... I just felt like this was kind of a relatable thing. And I guess this like is kind of a good piggyback in a different genre, but same sort of lesson. One of you guys wrote, okay, so basically I'm in my last semester of college and I've been putting off my public speaking class because it gives me so fucking much anxiety, but it's required for my degree. So I have to take it now. All through elementary, middle, and high school, my anxiety around standing in front of people and doing a presentation was beyond anything else. I would literally handle snakes and let spiders crawl on me and jump off an airplane into the middle of the ocean with no parachute before I willfully spoke in front of a group of people. So my question really is, how can I get through this? I don't need to eliminate my fear completely, but I need advice on how to control it for five to seven minutes at a time because me red, sweating, shaking, tearing up, about to vomit is not it whatsoever. And I really want to do well. And this one, I think sort of like tied into the first one in terms of like getting out of your comfort zone and like pushing yourself to do that. Because it's never going to be easy. Like, I just recently, like, dove back into stand-up. And I would be, like, a fucking bold-faced liar if I didn't tell you I wasn't, like, shaking before doing my stand-up set in Philly, the last episode or whatever. Like, there's no normalcy, in a way, of getting up in front of people and talking No. Like, I think once you establish that connection, the fact that, like, it's not a normal thing to do, but you're very capable of it. And I think you'll, like, surprise yourself. Like, I remember my Philly show that was a couple weeks ago. In between podcast and stand-up, I remember thinking to Jake, like, I'm forgetting everything. I'm literally going to bomb this. This is going to be awful. Like, and it turned out great. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But it's just, it's going to be scary, but practice in front of like, I find practicing in front of like friends and people that I know to be so much harder than in front of just like a big audience. So like practice in front of people, practice in your room. Do you know how mortifying it is? I have a picture of me with like a beer can in my hand backstage, like in the mirror, pretend like you just, you're going to look dumb. Yeah. Regardless. Like, look dumb in private. And everyone's in the same boat as you. No one, okay, not no one, maybe like a handful of people enjoy public speaking. Like, the people that are a little loose in the head, I think, love public speaking and like really get off on it. But every other person in that room with you is probably going to be in the same boat. For me, I hate public speaking. Doing live shows, I'm asking myself, like, why am I doing them? Because I'm scared shitless. I also put this in because you're going on tour. Yeah. And I was wondering if you like had any like pre-show. Oh, I'm terrified. Oh, you are? Yeah. I sit there and I drink ginger ale, try not to throw up. And the feeling I have before live shows with hundreds of people in the room is the same feeling I had in grad school giving a public speech to 27 people in my class that I'd known for three years. The feeling is the same. It's just something you like, I can do this. I got this. Everyone else is in the same spot as me. No one's enjoying this. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Also, if it's that bad, you can talk to your doctor and like ask your provider about beta blockers because those are like anxiety reducing. Apparently, I'm going to try them on tour. I haven't tried them yet. This is not medical advice people. Okay, Chloe Kardashian, little Miss Beta Blocker. <laughs> I just like I'm like it's not it can't be good for my body to feel this anxious about just like going out there. And then after I do it, 
I literally am like, why was I so scared? That was amazing. I want to do it again. And then forget. Every time it's like a drug. It's like every time I get off stage, I'm like, wow. It's getting there. It's getting I there. will say when you're nervous, like you're going to end up talking faster. Really understand that it's okay to like say a sentence and then take a breath and then like just collect yourself. That's been something that like doing stand up now versus like pre pandemic when I would do like open mics and stuff. I notice a huge difference of like there's nobody's off put by like a small little chunk of a break mm -hmm. as long as you've like finished your thought. Like if I'm like talking like this and then I'm coming to the end of my sentence and that's the end of that story. Take like, <sighs> anyways, now moving on. Like you can just totally, you're in control of the room. Yeah. I know it's like that might make it seem scarier, but w <sighs> I wish I could just like hug you and say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be great. And also this won't be the first time you public speak and it sure as hell won't be the last in some capacity, you're going to have to talk in front of people. So just accept that, you know what? Okay, maybe it won't be great, but all you need to do is pass. <laughs> like, that's the fucking gag. C's get degrees, baby. And you're in control, like Chris said. But also, no one else knows what is your what your speech is about but you. Like, you can fake it. If you mess up, no one's going to know but you. So don't even sweat it. Just keep plugging along. Yeah, and like own it. Like if if you do mess up, be like, oh wow, like shouldn't have had that extra cup of coffee today. <laughs> uh, like make it an endearing moment. Like there's, we're all human. We all love watching someone be a human. Like you know, like Jennifer Lawrence walked up the stairs and fell when she got an Oscar. Like it, we're, we have all been there. Yeah, and she was not only in a room full of people; she was fucking televised. Oh, I love her. Oh my god, love her. Just like Anne Hathaway, I don't know. There was like this moment of time where everybody like had a hate train for Jennifer Lawrence. And I'm like, I can't do this. And Anne Hathaway, she people were so mean to the queen of Genovia. I know. Terrible. I'm like, that is the people's princess, bitch. Leave her alone. Come on. All right. And now on a darker note, we're getting into dark theme Reddit. <laughs> go, baby. Let's go. Well, from public speaking to dark themed Reddit. Um, the first one, these are all curated by the Instagram account, dark theme Reddit. That's the whole thing. Um, and I kind of love that because they did the curating for me. And <laughs> I just tend to get so in my head about like, is this the best story? Is this this? Anyways, I, this is like my favorite thing to come up in my Instagram feed because it almost feels like you're learning something, but you're not, your whole day isn't like ruined by it. Yeah. So this first one's a two-parter, and the prompt was, mental professionals, what is the worst mental condition that you know of? <laughs> My favorite thing is the person who commented, whatever Trump has. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we have Cotard Delusion. I'm a nurse and had to take care of a huge man with this condition. He came in with some odd behavior and escalated to Cotard. Also, sorry if I'm totally butchering that. It sounds like I'm saying a slur. <laughs> like, if it is one, I really am so sorry. The delusion makes you think you are actually already dead. He would scream he was dead all day and night, lived in constant terror. He was such a sweetheart, but became so worn down and terrified over time, he got quite dangerous and punched a nurse in the face. Mm. That sounds like the opposite of the mental issue that I have, which is just wanting to be dead, but I know that I'm still alive. No. <laughs> I'm like, when will this week end and when will life? <laughs> no, we're going to work on that. No, we, no, I, yeah, I have health insurance now. And so we're getting back into therapy. It's just going to be great. It's a whole thing. But no, this week has been so fucking long. I'm with you. Like, I don't know what was in the air or the water or both, but it's been a week. Yeah. I just can't imagine, like, that's what I find so interesting about this, like, Instagram is, like, all this different stuff that I'm learning. I feel like a little scholar. I feel like you in grad school. I'm like, <laughs> um, that was such a flex, by the way, of you being like, yeah, like, when I was in grad school, I was like, totally. Make notes. Totally. When I went to college for photography. <laughs> hey, that's valuable, too. 
Yeah, it's so valuable that I'm not even using it anymore. <laughs> you use it every day. You record yourself with cameras multiple times a day. So don't act like it's worthless, bitch. <sighs> Ooh, put me in my place. Okay. <laughs> um, and then obviously someone wrote schizophrenia, hands down, no contest. 90% disability rate, 30 years shaved off of natural life expectancy, astronomical suicide rate. Some people still think schizophrenia is DID, which obviously it is not multiple personalities, but... A less ignorant yet even more common misconception is that schizophrenia is a monolithic disease. That is, it shares an underlying pathology between cases that causes it. The reality is that schizophrenia is nothing more than a cluster of symptoms, and there are many different pathologies that can lead to those same symptoms. Part of the reason schizophrenia has a reputation for being the be-all and end-all of insanity. You cannot go more crazy than schizophrenia. It does not exist. Schizophrenia is the end of the road for all madness. That schizophrenia and like dementia and Alzheimer's scare the fuck out of me. I think what's crazy about schizophrenia too is that it can also be like you can have natural biological factors like your brain chemistry, a lack of certain neurotransmitters can cause it, but it can also be drug-induced. So like you can be a total normal person, have a normal brain to try too much of one drug. And all of a sudden you have your first psychotic break. Yeah. That's really tough. And it can just happen just random to anyone. Well, that's the fucking crazy part like that. Oh, it's yeah. I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why I thought this would be like a fun adventure doing dark (laughs) theme Reddit. I'm like having crippling panic attacks now. I'm like, huh? Oh, I also meant to say trigger warning. I'm sure that there's going to be some. Um. So, (laughs) yeah, okay. Now that our toe's in the water, trigger warning. (laughs) Do you want, okay, to maybe lighten the mood though on the mental health. I've worked a lot in mental health. I actually worked at a, like an inpatient psychiatric unit. Is that what you did in grad school and like college? Yeah. (laughs) Stop. Yeah. Like I worked with like really, really amazing people. um, But I had some like really tough experiences. Like one lady had schizophrenia and like got really mad at me for trying to like connect with reality. And so she like threw boiling coffee on me. Um, Like I had crazy like experiences, Um, but like amazing people, like so amazing. And I, I remember them all still. And it's just, they're such remarkable humans, but a condition that I think is scarier than any of these is called locked in syndrome. What's that? It can happen after an accident or just like happen, but essentially you are fully cognitively there, but you are paralyzed and you can only communicate through moving your eyes. You're totally awake inside. Your brain does not change. Is it like paralysis? Basically. But like they're not actually paralyzed, but their brain is like telling them they are? No. Yeah. Yeah. Like you are fully paralyzed. Oh. All you can move is your eyeballs. That like actually sounds like a like the that's like on the same plane as like deep sea shark diving. Yeah. Like that just sounds like a stranded fucking feeling that I never Ooh, literal shivers. Shivers down me spine. That one's bad. Oh my god. That like it's crazy. I don't know like how to explain this fully, but the way that just like one muscle in your fucking head creates reality for you is so insane to me as like a concept. It's wild. The fact that everything I'm looking at pretty much exists just because of my brain. Well, and your eyes taking in that information and then your brain calculating like what your eyes said. And like flip. Yeah, it just, it blows. Like, I'm like, so is this, anyways, yeah, I, thank God I'm not high right now because I would (laughs) actually be melting into the floor. (laughs) (laughs) This is what keeps me up at night, guys. So I'm glad we're having this. I think about having a stroke every day. Really? Like anytime I mess up words, I think about having a stroke daily. Well, I think about dying like every day too, but like I will literally practice shaving my legs with my opposite arm in case I get a stroke and like my right arm dominant like goes away. So I'll shave my legs with my left arm. Like strokes are wild. Like I've had patients that have um, like neglect on one side. <gasps> And they literally look at their arm and they think it's someone else's. Like they start screaming because they they don't know their arm is their arm. They think it's someone else's arm. Wait, that like is sort of what this next 
thing was. Though not a medical professional, during my brief time working at an outpatient facility, I encountered a patient with body integrity identity disorder, convinced that his arm wasn't his own. He consistently described it as feeling like a stranger's limb. Yep. That is so crazy that you brought that up. Oh my God, I'm like literally shook. I literally, I wonder if he had a stroke. They should brain scan him. Let's see. His intense desire to have his arm removed led him into a deep depressive episode culminating in self-mutilation attempt that ultimately needed amputation. Jesus Christ. So it doesn't say anything about a stroke, but no, that sounds like they maybe had a stroke. Or it is like another psychiatric disorder. I hear that though. And my brain, I'm like, I'm so curious what the outcome was after the amputation. Like, does it actually help? Oh, um, post-surgery, he claimed to finally feel a sense of peace. Yeah, baby. However, I left the job, so I don't know the lasting impact on his mental state from the surgery. BIID is still a relatively unknown identity disorder and doesn't have many treatment options so far. SSRIs are usually given to alleviate depressive symptoms, but it doesn't always seem to help. Wow. That's, I mean, like, at least from the sound of it, they found peace after. Jesus. Yeah. This is like the stuff that makes me feel just like really grateful. I'm like, I'm like, yep, both of these arms are mine. I couldn't be happier. Woo hoo. I'm really fucked up in my own way. Yeah. No, I've got other disabilities. <laughs> Don't worry. We're all, we're all a little off our rockers, you know, it's, it happens. I don't think at this point in time, I don't understand how you aren't like, no. there's people who are just like totally chilling. And I'm like, but how, like how be fucking for real. How this is literally why I wish I was dumber. Like, I wish I was like one of those people that just went through life, like so ignorant and happy <gasps> because I feel like I know too much. Morgan, I say this all the time. I wish I was dumber. Like, truly. I say this all the time. I call it the Kathy Hiltification. I, Kathy Hilton, will, like, not know where paper towels are in her house. I want to be that level of unaware. Yeah. Period. Yeah. I don't want to know shit about anything. I don't want to learn things. Like, I just, I want to be dumb as bricks. Do you think there's classes on it? Like, how do we get there? How do we unlearn everything we've spent money to learn? Yeah, I I don't know if, I think that would send me into some sort of, I would end up on dark theme Reddit <laughs> based off, like, I really don't think that would end well for me. It wouldn't. We're going to move on from the mental disorders because that was getting a little dark. Um, <laughs> I say about a segment called Dark Theme Reddit. Um, the next one is what's the scariest science fact that the public knows nothing about? And this was the post that like made me write this shit down. I was like, oh my God, this is fascinating. Let's go. Yeah, maybe the mental, the mental issue one was... A very hot take for a start. <laughs> Put it on Patreon. The first one is scientists were trying to study the effects that microplastics have on the human body and brain, but were unable to draw any reasonable conclusions because they could not find a control group. Yeah. Meaning they couldn't find anybody without microplastics already in their body. Yep. I mean, like, that's like a no duh, I feel. But like, to hear it in these words like that is like scary how sad is that it's so sad like we're all so contaminated and that's like a like not to touch on the kathy healthification but like learning about microplastics my life has not been the same no like i just i could have been so fine knowing that like i have half of a mattel factory in my body and not known like i would have felt so fine yeah i'm pretty sure microplastics too can actually cross the blood brain barrier yeah they can like, we might have to fact check that, but like... No, I'm pretty sure they can. They're so bad. They're so bad. It's... it's <laughs> everything is just all bad. <laughs> I'm laughing at all the people who are like, I listen to your podcast to escape. I'm like, there is no escaping. <laughs> this is like a doomsday episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Start prepping, guys. I'm like, subscribe. <laughs> it's a fun time here. <laughs> um... 
the greatest chemical contributor to IQ loss and violent behavior is lead, and it's still in millions of people's piping. There is even a hypothesis that lead in gasoline and everything in the U.S. was partially responsible for the spike in serial killers in the U.S. in the 70s. Oh. Is that not fascinating? I could see that. There was so much lead paint everywhere. Lead paint was everywhere. everywhere. People were eating that shit. I just can't believe that, like, with the knowledge of lead and, like, I understand that it would probably be the biggest pain in the ass and I'm not even going to try to conceptualize how much work this would be. But, like, I feel like all piping with lead in it should have been replaced, like, mandatory. Yeah, absolutely. There's still lead pipes in L.A. That's why I don't drink the tap water. Oh, wait. That would require, though, um, yeah, our country to care about us. So true, Chris. But you're you're screwed either way because you don't drink the tap water and then you drink the bottled water and you're with microplastics. So you can't win. No, you there. Wow. Yeah. Who's having fun, right? (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) I'm sure there are plenty of people who know this, but personally, I find it terrifying as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) If the vacuum of space didn't block sound from reaching us, the sun would be as loud as a jackhammer everywhere on Earth, everywhere at all times. And because sound travels slower than light, if the sun were to go out, it would take eight minutes for the light to stop, but 13 years for the sound to stop. So life on a cold, dead earth for 13 years and still hearing the jackhammer scream of our dead sun. Hell no. (laughs) Yeah, I should have thrown in some like fun facts of like not so sad because this is a lot. Space freaks me out. Space freaks me out. Like, you know how the sun is a star Mm -hmm. and we have like a whole solar system around that star. Every star you see in the sky is another sun. So like what fucking planets are branching? That's why when people are like, do you think aliens exist? I'm like, fuck. Yeah, they exist. You think that we're so special that we're the only ones on in alive in all of this? No. They just think we're dumb and don't want any part in what we're doing down here. Which, like, I honestly respect because I don't either. Stay out of this mess. You don't want it. No, like, literally, like, maybe stop by, pick me up, and then let's bounce. Like, I'm I'm totally down. This is what's, like, I've been having this thought a lot. Knowing that aliens and all this shit's out there, it's crazy that we haven't gotten to world peace yet. Because it's like, what are we fighting over down here? Like, why, why, why are we doing all this? Like, just just fucking live your life like enjoy driving a car and try not to crash and maybe eat some cotton candy but like come on there's so much bigger shit like why why are we doing this that's how i feel i'm like when are we going to unite as a planet to like against aliens like even if like oh although i don't need we don't need to start war with extraterrestrials that sounds really stressful (laughs) independence day someone commented on this post and go these were more depressing than scary tbh (laughs) (laughs) Accurate. Yeah, no, I did not realize I had the username B-E-U-W-B-I. Oh, boobs. (laughs) (laughs) This whole person is great. Oh, my God. Um, All right, we're going to move on to teachers. What is the worst thing you've seen a student do? Oh, no. A part of me was going to joke like, Chris, um, you're going to end up on this list, but then I really think that I won't because... You, do you ever feel like, wow, I'm an awful person, and then you learn information, and you're like, oh, so I might be put up for sainthood this year? Yeah, every day. Every day. Like, I think, like, I'm a piece of shit. I don't know why. I'm a little bitchy, and then I do something nice, and I'm like, okay, there's way worse people out there. Like, it's fine. Yeah. I gave my mom too much sass on the phone. Ooh, I cry after and I call her back. I'm like, sorry, I'm just a bitch. No, literally, I'll be like <laughs> so mad at my mom over something so stupid. And I'm like, sorry, I was just mad about something else and redirected my anger at you. At least you're self-aware. I hate this slice of humble pie. <laughs> <laughs> it's never fun. No. Okay. This is a different type of bad than most of these. I was a teacher at a poor inner city school. I had a lot of wonderful students, but some difficult ones. One was the worst, clearly bright, but was always sleeping through class and acting up and never doing homework. 
I lived about 30 minutes away. One night, I stopped by the local Wawa after a night out with friends. The Wawa stands are like a cult almost. I'm not like this obsessed with Wawa. It's like a gas station if it had better like food that they like made. They like can make sandwiches. and oh, well, I don't need to explain this. Alex Errol made it popular. So yeah, we know what Wawa is. Well, some people really don't. They're like, what is that? And I'm like, Wawa? Okay, work. <laughs> was at least 11.30 p.m. and I was already dreading the early morning drive to school and who should be checking me out but my own problem student. He was working late to make money for his family and then getting home at 1 a.m. or later before heading into school on four to five hours of sleep. He was a smart kid, really smart. I hope things worked out for him, but I can't help but wonder what would have happened if he had been allowed to have a childhood and focus on his education. That I thought was going to end so much poor, poorer. That was like really wholesome. Like, I know it's really, it sucks. Cause like when she was first like late and sleepy and I was like, okay, well clearly something's going on at home lady. And then we find out this. Oh, see like on like a really wholesome level of this argument of why I never could be a teacher. It's like, because of the, like I would just, I would like go into like, oh my God, is it like white savior mode? Jesus, I hope not. <laughs> but like, just to like, my initial thing is like, okay, how can we find a solution? How can we fix this? Yeah. Like in anything. And so I, dude, teachers don't get fucking paid enough. Like no. at all. No. Like it blows my mind. Um. Okay. <laughs> this one's wild. Early years educator specializing in children with SEN, special education needs. Eating feces, no competition. Seeing a child chewing their own shit is something that stays with you. Having to try and hook it all out of their mouth with your finger whilst they bite you is something you forcibly forget. Can you imagine? No. And then you come home and watch a basketball game where these players who are sitting on the bench are making like millions of dollars. Can you imagine? No. 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 Children with complex sensory issues, particularly those with hypersensitivity to smell and taste, will often seek out particularly strong smells and tastes and things that we find disgusting are not to them and instead are stimulating. Combined with the delays to their development, which means they are still likely to be at the stage of exploration where everything is tested in the mouth, this can obviously lead to situations that are very unpleasant to us. Yeah. This might be awful. I don't think I would fish the shit out of the kid's mouth. No. I, I really don't think I would. Should I be saying this on a recorded line? <laughs> like, does that make me an inherently horrible person? Honestly, like, I don't know. Even, like, changing a diaper, I'm, like, going to be really, really messed up. Like, <laughs> I just, like, I can't even pick up dog shit, you guys. Like, I literally start gagging. <laughs> no, that's what I was going to say. Picking up dog shit. <laughs> let alone human shit. Like I had to wipe asses in healthcare and every single time I'd have to turn and like subtly, uh, uh, like it is so hard. No, I would chalk that up as an L and let him eat it. No, s same. I'd be like what the parents don't know. Won't hurt. Oh. oh my God. The thing is, I think you technically have to tell the parents when stuff like that happens. Like, I think you have to write a report. Oh. All of this is just this... Me sitting in my basement with a ton of lights and on videos feels like the most fucking appropriate thing that could have happened to me. <laughs> because, I mean, I just am not built for that. Like, on one hand, being a teacher, I think I would just fight kids. Like, I would be fired so fast because I'd be like, you do not talk to me like that little shit bag. And then I would just be fired. Yeah. And then on the other hand, I would just be complicit as a student eats their shit. Yeah. I don't, I mean, it sounds, that's probably a rare occurrence, but like. It clearly happens. You just don't get paid enough teachers. At all. Oh my God. Oh. oh, this next one is, I saw a student stab another student in the back of the head with a pencil. Stop. Went in right at the base of the skull. Luckily it didn't hit anything important and just needed three stitches but it was deep enough that it stayed in before the doctors took it out. The medulla oblongata is back there. That's your autonomic. What did you just call me? 
<laughs> like, oh my God, that child is so lucky. I thought I was crazy for throwing like little paper shreds in the girl in front of me's hair. Did you ever do those spitballs with a straw? I didn't spit on them, but I did like crumple up paper into a straw and then go, <sighs> there was this girl, her name was Emily. She had just like this big puffy blonde hair. And I just remember every time that she would come in with it just like down, I would take, you know, like on perforated lined paper, how you can like take off the frillies. Yeah. I would take those off because those had like ultimate staying power in her hair. You are such a bully. I would, no, I, okay. <laughs> I never said in my defense I wasn't a bully. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, this is enough of this story. <laughs> I'm like, and still, I wouldn't end up on this fucking list, which is crazy. Yeah. This one was kind of fun. And um, I don't mean like fun, like, woohoo, I'm having a blast. I just meant like, it didn't seem super depressing. Okay. Um, and this one is, what was something that was done in the name of safety that turned out to be more dangerous than the hazard that it was intended to prevent? Ooh. Like, what a fun little... Ooh. You're like, no, Chris, this might be the most depressing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This one says password rules. Many reduce the number of possible passwords instead of increasing it. When I worked in IT, we had to change passwords once a month. No reusing previous passwords. Passwords had to be significantly different. No changing 123 to 234. So everyone had to write down their password on a post-it sticky paper and stick on their computer or monitor for all to see. That... I never actually thought about. Yeah. Like, I've always thought that that made everything more secure, but I really guess you're breaking it down for... Whoa. That's kind of a mind fuck. I mean, yeah, if you have a sticky note on your... Like, because you can't remember after a month. Like, yeah, you could just walk around, take everyone's stickies and hack everyone. Well, that too. I just am thinking, like, I can barely remember. I made a Zoom password for this. I don't even fucking remember that. Like, you're telling me I've got to change it once a month? Thank God for the autofill that Apple made. Yeah. I would be fucked. Next up, when the Deepwater Horizon oil rig blew up and dumped crude oil into the Gulf of Mexico, the chemical core exit was used to disperse it. Turns out it was about 10 times worse than the crude oil itself and also caused the oil to just sink to the bottom of the Gulf where it poisoned the entire food web. <sighs> Great. Love. So throw back to when I said this wouldn't be depressing. <laughs> <laughs> One of them is just the war on drugs. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah, ended up being more violent, more expensive, and just as fucking futile. Love it. Ah, nothing like white men in charge. <laughs> is asbestos on this list? Um, I don't know. Asbestos like freaks me out because like I still like I've Googled asbestos so many times to try and understand what it is. And I still have no fucking clue what it is. It's like a material that they would put everywhere, like walls, tiles, um, asbestos was the fake snow on Wizard of Oz. On Wizard of Oz and then like everybody got like cancer from it. Yeah, so they would use it as like a fire like depressor. It was like flame retardant and they found out later how toxic it is. So it's, it's like everywhere. <sighs> yeah. That's a fun one. Wow. The, I am so sorry to my listeners today. This really whew, this is a bleak one people might feel better about their lives knowing how bad it can be, you know? You're so right for that. Look at you fucking spinning this around. Looking for a bright side. Look at the fun side, guys. You weren't stabbed in the back of the head with a pencil. <laughs> it could always be worse. It could be. I think that's what the fucking phrase should be. Not it gets better. It could always be worse. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that's a more appropriate slogan for people. It gets better. No, it could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> Prop 65 in California. When everything has a warning, nothing has a warning. It causes fatigue and now people ignore even legitimate important information. The comment contains properties known to the state of California to cause cancer. That is so fucking true because like, 
especially like, I don't know if you were late cause you're doing home reno stuff, but like when I buy stuff, it has so many labels that I'm just like, yeah, okay. There's bad stuff. Like this will blow up and kill me. I never read any of it. And I've never thought about it like that. No, everything I order online, especially like clothes, gets a California warning. And I'm like, oh, whatever. It's like, what can you do? I don't even read them anymore. So this is bad. Yeah. Like, can you break down what this actually is for me? Because I'm like, it. yeah, I remember living in LA and it was like everything like Prop 65, California. And I, I get stuff delivered to Delaware and it's like, this might contain Prop 60. And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> I'm not a lawmaker. Even if I was, I'd still probably be unqualified. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's a how many long list of things that cause cancer. So it's like if you order a pair of sunglasses that are made with like a certain type of resin and that's on the list, like they have to declare it. Really? It's everything. Everything. Oh, my God. Being alive is just hard. Hmm. It's hard. All right. And to end this just on the absolute highest of notes. Um, the last one is, has anyone ever tried to kill you? How'd it go? <laughs> this I do think about often, though, of like, how close was I to being someone's victim? Like, you just have no idea. No. Like, the person behind you at the cash register could totally be a serial killer. They could have lead that causes them to be violent. I wonder what the stat is that you've been in the same room as a serial killer. Cause we all have. You think? Yeah. 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 Even like a serial killer who has done something already or just like who will be a serial killer in their life. Maybe all the above. Oh my God. That is like also a mind fuck I've never thought about is how many serial killers are out there that have not been caught or that like haven't like, Cases just haven't been attributed to a serial killer. This is a really fucking morbid episode, and I am so sorry. Okay, well, this might make you feel better, though. This is, what is the chance to meet a serial killer? With over 329.5 million people living in the States, this means that serial killers make up between 0.0006 to 0.0012% of the population. So you probably you probably haven't met a serial killer. Thank God. <laughs> a win is a win. A win. I'll take it. A win is a fucking win. A win is a win. Hey, yeah. Chris, how was your day? It was fine. I don't think I've run into a serial killer yet. Like, I mean, that the way that that's going to carry me through the next month. <laughs> I feel great. Yeah, that's depressing now that I think about it. But yeah, I feel great nonetheless. But also, if you do meet a serial killer, you should go buy a lottery ticket because. <gasps> You're so right for that. Come on. I'd rather just buy a serial... Uh, I'd rather buy a serial killer. I'd rather just buy a lottery ticket. But yeah, I get the vibe. Um, so one of the responses is, yes, best friend from childhood tried to kill me by shooting me three times point blank with a forty-five through the neck, out my back, in my gut, and left hip. Oh? This all was because he relapsed after four years of sobriety due to his relationship ending couldn't handle his emotions and got aggressive toward me and my friends on my property who were just visiting for my birthday. Flatlined two times in operation, lots of blood transfusions, stomach surgery, and a destroyed C6. Bullet bruised my left jugular vein. I got super lucky. Wow. I, yeah, I don't think I've ever listed that resume and said I've been super lucky, but... I guess in that situation, you were. Oh, my God. The jugular would have bled out. Bam. Done. But like that feels like a win. If I go through that, pull the plug. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm so serious. Like if I like even if I get diagnosed with something that's going to end up taking me down. Pull the plug. Really? I'm so serious. I don't want to have to go to chemo. I don't want to have to fucking fight to have like the basic health that I remember. That to me feels torturous. I feel like you're such a little fighter though. If it actually came to it, you'd be a scrappy one. You'd be good. I, I think, okay, maybe like genuinely some cancers, I would be like, okay, we're going to fight this one. 
But otherwise, like if I get dementia, point blank, do what this kid's best friend from childhood did, but make sure you hit the fucking jugular vein. Like I, <laughs> no, I don't want to, oh, I think that's what freaks me out is knowing the quality of life I've had and knowing it will never be the same. I don't know how you don't just become wildly depressed. Oh, I think you do. Like, see, I don't want to deal with that. I'm already dealing with depression. I don't need it to be like, I know we're already, already sad, but here's the thing. You got to start looking after yourself now. Like, there's so many things you could do. Like if you are over 30, you should get a colonoscopy. Colon cancer, the rates in young adults is shooting through the roof. So if you have any stomach issues, go and get a colonoscopy. Then you're good for 10 years. You want to hear a gag? I heard something about a colonoscopy that it can like puncture your intestines and kill you. That's like so rare. You're going to go to a good gastroenterologist. They're going to do it right. You'll be fine. That's terrifying. But apparently there's a way that you can like get it done without that. So there's certain things you can mail in your poop. <laughs> That's what. However, there um, are chances you get a false positive or a false negative. So my uh, my mom's husband had colon cancer and he did that and got a false negative and then waited, continued having symptoms, went in, did a colonoscopy and was found to have stage four colon cancer. If he would have gone in when he did the box, the shit in a box, way better odds of surviving. Oh. Yeah. So get your colonoscopies. Yeah. No, I literally am going to go right after this. <laughs> like, I'm like, I've got a brand new health insurance card. Girl, let's swipe it. Literally say there's blood in your stool and just like get it done if you're 30. Like I'm turning 30 in a couple weeks and I'm getting my colonoscopy done this year. I'm so insecure with how much knowledge you have. Like I'm sitting here and I'm like, so I already know the answer to this, but am I a degenerate? <laughs> no. Like, hi, welcome to the Ellen show. I'm Ellen degenerate. Like, I, I mean. This is why I said I want to be dumber. Remember? Cause like, look at the anxiety in my head. 30 colonoscopy. So I don't die. Like, come on. See, but I'm also saying I want to be dumber. And I'm already pretty fucking dumb. No, you're not. We just have different knowledge bases. Right. I could just uh, give you the synopsis of seasons one through four of Salt Lake City Housewives, but you can give me life-saving information. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Um, the next one is about um, a kid who came to school with a gun in his backpack. So I think we can just wrap up... Uh, this little moment. Stop. And uh, before we exit this podcast episode, um, I did want to read a very sweet little review that one of you guys left on Apple Podcasts. And it comes from Opsy Puss Attack. <laughs> yep. They're one of mine. <laughs> Five stars. Ah, I love you, Chris. And it says, Chris, oh my God. Oh my God. Loving the new stuff for the podcast. It really screams Chris Clemens. Ugh, literally can't wait. Loving this new era of the podcast. I get really giddy when I see people like recognize, like I am such a production junkie. Like I need good quality camera, good quality audio, a good set. Like I want the full fantasy. And so when people like recognize that, I'm like, oh my God, you guys stop it. Stop it. Um, so thank you. That means the world. Be sure to rate and review um, on Apple Podcasts. It helps me out. Uh, I forget the adjective because what? I'm a degenerate. Morgan, <laughs> thank you so much for being here on this. I mean, I feel like I just put you through the ringer, although it does feel like a solid payback for the first episode that we filmed together on your podcast. So that is true. That is true. I'm feeling great. Yours was just horrifyingly gross. Mine was just depressing. It's not, though. Like, we're all going to walk away from this just looking at the bright side of our lives and how good we have it, even though it might not be great. It's going to be good. We're all in this together. Yeah, your boyfriend might be stalking his ex's Pinterest, but listen, you don't have a pencil in the back of your head. 
Yeah. And I'll be your matchmaker too, girl. Like you, (gasps) Chris, I'll, you know, I'll set up a service. Oh my God. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, because your hands aren't full enough. Let's start a dating. Oh my God. Millionaire matchmaker. (gasps) That's on Netflix or Hulu or something. And I've started watching it and she is wild. Patty. She's good. Patty. Yeah. (laughs) Patty. The fact that her name is Patty, I think enhances the experience of her 30 times more. Instant credibility. Yes, literally. Instant. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much, Morgan, for being here. Everybody go check out her podcast, Two Hot Takes. You're going on tour. We're going to talk about that on the after show. So be sure to head on over to patreon.com slash Chris Clemens to watch that. Is there anything you want to plug, Morgo? No, that's it. You did a great job. Crushed it. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Alrighty, guys. We will see you next time. Well, no, we'll see you on the after show, but if you're not there, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.